This is Paul Nobles from Eat to Perform, and I am sitting here with my lovely co-host, barbecued up co-host from our trip in uh, to Austin, Sarah Kumar. Sarah, yeah. you want to say hello to everyone? Did I say howdy, like we're still in Texas? Howdy. Howdy, hey, y'all. You know, I don't know. Is, is Austin always wants to, like, secede from Texas, you know? They feel like they're very different from everyone else right. in Texas, which is odd since the University of Texas is from there or is there. I didn't find Austin all that weird. I got to be honest with you. <laughs> like, I mean, we saw that one kombucha on tap thing um, next to the unleaded sign. That was a little weird, but that was about the extent of weird um, that I saw. Um, so... Before we get rolling with the questions, Sarah said something to me that seems absurd. And so I wanted to mention it to you guys. But she said that she would never order anything online. Um, so, I don't like to order So online. Sarah is living in it's the true. 1800s and she likes to have all of her stuff, you know, by Pony Express. And... Uh, yeah. Explain to us that. I like to touch and feel and smell things and try them on. I just don't like, like, what if you order it and it doesn't come? Or what, if, you know, my kids order stuff and they make fun of me all the time because. Now, I do you like realize that Amazon can deliver <laughs> toilet paper to your house? Yes. And I did try it one time because my kids. Towels to your house. You. And, and foods coming soon um, with their purchase of Whole Foods. I mean... Right. But like, the smell, you can't check the fruit. I don't know that I would like that. You can't check your produce. You know, you can't see the meat, the cut of meat before you buy it. I like to be able to see it and know for myself that I'm not being, you know... So, Sean, so Sean's asking how many Kill Cliff t-shirts that I have. And the answer is four. I have a red one. I have two black ones, and I have one brown one. Um, but they're Sean, always washed. Wait, just tell Sean how badly your wife wants you to get rid of all your shirts. Um, my wife wants me to get rid of a lot of things, like uh, all my shoes. You know, she just she she believes I'm like a t-shirt and shoe hoarder. She's actually wrong on the t-shirts. I you know, like I said, I could wear four Killcliff t-shirts. I just like the Killcliff t-shirts because they fit really well. You know, um, yeah. Not whatever all... you like that whole baby gap feel and look. I yeah. get it. Yeah. The um. I mean, when I was. Absolutely, your muscles look bigger when you're in a tighter shirt, you know. So I don't always wear tighter shirts. Like for instance, the no, no. Wait, can I just tell you, Sean? His wife Vicky gave me one of his shirts yeah. when we were there for the games, and you know why he was okay with it? It was a juggernaut shirt, which I love. She was, he was okay with it because it was big, it was baggy. So no, I'm like, not See, you're 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 misrepresenting me. I do actually like um, baggier shirts. In fact, I just bought um, three Relwin shirts, which are like the polos, um, like the 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 uh, turquoise polo that I wore um, Saturday night in Austin. So uh -huh. that was not tight. It was not. It wasn't pull up on my muscles or anything like that. It was like a good color, so we could find you too when you kind of like roamed off. Yeah, it was a good. You know, like instead of having to put you on a leash like yeah. a kid, you just wear a good color so we can find you. They're like, some guy in turquoise is yelling in the lobby, you know. Mm -hmm. the uh, I, I never quite got out of yelling mode because we were at Franklin's and my voice was was going away. Yeah, um, I felt that as well. I do have to say, just to kind of add to your attire, your kind of look, um, when I was that morning checking out, I thought... There was a man standing there. His back was to me, and he was like getting coffee or something. And he looked like you. He had the same kind of haircut. So he was bag, hot, baggy, you know, like black shorts on. He's like and I'm smoking like, hot. Like is Paul? Wait, is Paul already checking out? And I'm, I'm kind of like profiling him, trying to not be a weirdo. I got down to his shoes, and he was wearing Nikes. I was like, nope, that's, that's not Paul. That's not Paul. <laughs> Paul would not wear Nikes. 
you know. All, All right. right, we have a question. So read the question to me. Okay, Amber is asking, where do all the coaches live? I'm from Chicago, Amber. Like the ones we hear from most often, Sarah, Paul, Brad, Mike, Carrie. I'm probably missing some. Do you guys know each other from before ETP? Or did you start ETP and they joined and then grew in the company and now you're close co-workers friends? The only, the only two people I knew before Eat to Perform, I met in a Facebook group that I started. Um, and that was April Blackford and James Barnum. And they still work with us today. Um, every single person I have met through Eat to Perform, all the coaches have done Eat to Perform, had you know, success with Eat to Perform. One fat loss challenges. One fat loss challenges, all that kind of stuff. Um, went through the coaches course, which we will be offering relatively soon. We actually have kind of something interesting going on that that you guys might be seeing a little bit. Um, you've been reviewed by a few different people, and we have um, apprentices. Um, so we have five apprentices right now, and we're looking at um, adding some more apprentices. Um, part of the issue that we have with taking on too many people to train is that we're also doing a thousand reviews a day. So, um, so that that's kind of interesting. I do want to, uh, you know, talk a little bit about performance recomp and 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 fat loss. Um, so if somebody has questions about that, please, please ask, because, um, that's something I don't want to forget, but, but can you um, reach on? I, I do want to, we do have another question, but I do want to address kind of, you know, the people with, she said, started coming, joined, and then you're now close coworkers and friends. I mean, it's really like a family, like our, our, our staff chat, if you guys only had a window into that group chat, it's just a ridiculous shenanigans all day long because we kind of work in these caves right all over the place so this is our place to be these are our people you know i mean we were i was just on the apprentice call right and Lori jumps on the apprentice call and i was like Lori, you don't need to be here she's like i know you know <laughs> <laughs> but but you know she's just she's like she's like honestly i'm just sitting here with my sons um and uh you know, I'd rather be hanging out with you guys. Um, I, I mean, I got to be completely honest with you. I would way rather hang out with the Ethan Form staff than I would with my actual family. You know, not yeah. my main family. Like, I have a real close relationship with my wife. But, like, you know, my dad, that brings up a whole bunch of baggage. You know, right. aunts and uncles, stuff like that. Um Vicky's uh, Vicky's family I'm really close to. Vicky is my wife. Um, if you ever see, Vic, my wife is more of a, a liker, you know. Yeah. So she's more of a she'll she'll comment occasionally, but she doesn't have my last name. Uh, I I usually joke that you know she didn't pick my last name because she was still kind of holding out that she might have to, you know, make some changes <laughs> down the road. You know, she's, she's like ah, you know, <laughs> I'm. You know, I'm going to commit in front of God, but I'm also going to leave my options open. Um, she actually, she actually, she's actually really sensitive to it um, because, you know, I, I, as you can tell, I tend to tease people a little bit. Um, and, uh, you know, both, well, myself and my two daughters, um, we started teasing her about that she wasn't Team Nobles, and oh man, like she she kind of lost it on us, and so eventually, yeah. um, um, you know, we, we realized that we were hitting a nerve and and moved on. Yeah, but I do think Vicky should start a T-shirt business with your shirts because I think it could be very successful. Yes, I have a lot of T-shirts, but just bring them to a uh, eat to <laughs> eat to perform. Uh, Consignment clothing. Okay, we got a lot of questions yeah. piling up here. Okay, ready? Yeah. Can we talk about surveys? Some you too, Paul, say they don't track uh, that day. Are you still sticking to your macros for the most part? If we go over, what is the macro least most 
likely to derail me on, um, she says perfect recap. I know she means performance recap, mm-hmm. but perfect recap is kind of cool. <laughs> yeah. So in performance recap, I think you can be a lot more flexible than you can be in fat loss. In fat loss, I would probably suggest that you actually stick to the plan because yeah. you can get a little bit more derailed. What she's really saying when she says derail is that my weight goes up. And right. when you're in performance rate recomp, you actually want your weight to go up. You know, when we're looking at your reviews for performance recomp, we will make adjustments down. Now, if every single week your weight is up three, four pounds, you might be, you might want to lay off a few margaritas. You know, you might yeah. be doing a little bit. Like as an example, I do not eat Mexican food all that often on my super days because binge. I mean, no, it's like, it's like, it's like Mexican food is like the perfect storm. I mean, it's not like, yeah. I, it's not like I go and just have like street tacos. I'm having like the refried beans with the guacamole and the chips and some queso, you know? And so, um, I just know that my weight's going to be up five pounds. And a lot of times I don't want to deal with it. Not always, you know, I probably go once every two months, but it's something that, um, something to think about. So I actually prefer people to be a little bit more, um, freer. Um, I will say that there is an instance, a lot of you guys are really getting to that top level of recomp where it feels like a job to, um, you know, to eat. And I know when my macros were, you know, 400 with 300 on the low day, I was using my super day just to kind of, you know, I was probably under eating on those days, you know, right, um, right. and I would often lose a little weight. That's kind of why I tell people, I do tell people to log their super day, you know, not like, Hey, you have to log your super day, but I like to see your super day log for yourself to see what's your body doing after that. It's yeah. just interesting. To see. Well, especially early on. I think, I think the, the, um, you know, kind of do your own thing. That's probably three to six months into Eat to Perform. Early on, right. you kind of want to see how your body responds to all this stuff. You know, right, that's right. a big part of and what we're trying to discover. Days. Yeah. I mean, a super duper day for me, I don't do it every week, but I will say I'll do it probably every, you know, once every month, maybe every month and a half or so. Like, you know, a night out with my girlfriends or, um, or whatever Austin weekend, right? Yeah, Austin um, weekend was definitely a super duper day, and within yeah. one day my weight was stable. You know, so I mean that's one of the big advantages of actually eating a fair amount of food the good majority right. of the time, um, and one of the reasons why we're doing the podcast. You know, I'm in full weekend mode in case you can't see it, um, <laughs> but we we're, questions are starting to pile up, so. Yeah. Okay, so talk about us getting, talk about that and get us shredding on, this is hysterical, perfect recomp. She keeps calling it perfect recomp. I love that. Performance recomp. Talk about And maybe what? you want to tie this other question in. I don't, What's I don't, the difference? I, I, I didn't understand the first question, so I can't tie this question in because. Talk I about us, how do we, how do we get shredded on performance recomp? I don't think you are getting shredded on performance recomp. I don't know that shredded is the goal that we're really having people focused on, but you know, to me, shredded means eight packed up, right? Um, and vascular. Yeah, and and usually what that means is drive for a few hours and then go hit a bunch of cheesecake and pizza, right? Because that's what happens when you see someone that's shredded, right? But when you look at, so like, for instance, I don't consider Dan Bailey or Rich Froning shredded. I don't consider Sarah Davis' daughter or what, I don't even know their name, Sigmund's daughter or whatever. I don't consider those people shredded because they're hydrated, right? Right. And so um, are they muscular? Absolutely. You know, so the goal with performance recomp is really to kind of get you to where your, your calorie sweet spot is. You're getting a fair amount of work. Shredded is relative. You know, I'm certainly not shredded right now. You know, um, I'm going through a cycle of performance recomp. One of the things that's sort of interesting about that strategy for me right now is that 
you know, with a lot of changes coming to Eaton Form and, and, you know, just life kind of happening, you have to sort of realize, you know, am I in a position to, you know, be really super focused on a fat loss period or something like that? And for me, you know, this summer has been phenomenal, except for this week. I mean, this week I've been derailed, but most of this summer I've been really getting good sleep, good workouts, stuff like that. Um, my weight is up, my weight up probably five to six pounds, but man, my workouts have been great, you know, feeling strong and very capable in the gym. And so I, I think that's something that I really think is a lot easier when you're doing performance recon cycles and maybe dipping down to fat loss a little bit. But I want to also, I'm, I'm hoping that within these questions that I can kind of, you know, talk yes. a little bit about, about that piece, but go ahead. Second question. What's the difference between performance recomp and what I've heard referred to as reverse dieting by people? Um, reverse dieting doesn't exist. Um, reverse dieting is where they're slowly trying to move you up. And we were, I mean, if you like go back, I mean, and you Google eat to perform mm -hmm. and reverse dieting, there was definitely a time where we thought reverse dieting yeah. was a big answer for people. And right. we were gradually moving people along. And what would happen is they would get frustrated, you know? And right. so performance recomp is like the best version of reverse dieting ever. Right. And what you see is as long as we give that good buffer, usually, you know, if we move somebody to performance recomp, wherever their weight's at, we usually put in about three pounds of a buffer. So then they're hitting goals nonstop. But we'll see people go from 220 grams of carbs to literally 360 grams of carbs for women in a week or two, you know, as long as there is an accompanying you know, work schedule involved, right? Obviously, we're always talking about being active, whether that involves walking for you or whether it involves, you know, you know, being an Olympic lifter in the Olympics, right. you know. Okay, so there you go, Megan. Lori is asking, I find myself eating a lot of fruit to get carbs. How bad is that? Like three peaches instead of a cup of rice, etc. Admittedly, I have a sweet tooth. Um, I wouldn't say that it's bad, but it's not optimal, right? Um, we do have sugars coming in the app and it is going to be recommended that you stay between 50 and 75, right? So if you're looking and you're eating your peaches and you're finding that, you know, I mean, peaches basically are going to prioritize liver glycogen, um, replenishment. It's not going to necessarily um, I mean your body tends to figure this stuff out but but it's not going to prioritize muscle glycogen replenishment which is why you need to focus on that so I might try to have one peach maybe some rice checks or something like that that would be a good thing but I'm never going to discourage people from eating fruit right because right. fruit brings a lot to the table it brings it brings fiber, it brings vitamins. There's there's a lot of good things about fruit. But right. fruit, you poop. yeah, but fruit <laughs> is not going to be, you know, optimal necessarily. You know. Right. I mean and, and you know, some fruits that you can look at, you know, they're not the best fruit is bananas, like ripe bananas. You know, there's a lot right. of people that, that are dates. Dates not really you know, dates still a little bit more on the fructose side than... It, I do love dates, though. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. A lot of people, no. you know, I mean, like, I, I, I love pizza, right? But I know that I can't eat pizza nonstop. <laughs> so you have to you have to sometimes balance. I mean, a lot of times, you know, we talk to people, you know, related to their training. And they're like, oh, gosh, you know, I just, I love my running, but I want to be abbed up. It's like, well... right. You know, sometimes the things that you like are not consistent with what your goals are, right? right? And so that might be okay, right? Like you might go, well, you know what? Honestly, the app thing is more of a want, but the running thing's a need, you know? Right. Um, so you ready? Yeah. Speaking of running, our Rose is asking, how long can you or do you stay in performance? 
Uh, first of all, performance doesn't exist, right? Um, the just so you guys know, lots of of the questions and things Paul says they're trick questions. Yeah. So this is new. It's constantly evolving when he says that. Well, the way that the way that fat loss used to work, you you would be set at a five pound goal, and then performance was a two pound goal, and then what we just found was that people were responding to the two pound goals better. But what we also found was that, um, like in Rose's instance, we'd probably move her to recomp. We're going to try and test and see what the top end is, you know. And once we've got what that top end is and we start to see her plateauing a little bit, what ends up happening, you know, I, I tend to be, you know, myself, Brad, Mike, Sarah, April, we're the ones that, that do those reviews and so a lot of the times when we see somebody let's say that rose you know we got we worked rose up to 279 carbs on a low day and 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 you know 379 on a high day and her fats were something like 84 69 it's so much easier to guide that person's goals down from that mm-hmm. point and a lot of times with small is changes so then you go well okay but what if i really want to lose some weight well that's really more of a reset kind of a fat loss scenario right but what i think this does rather than you know so so just to be clear Fat loss and performance essentially became roughly the same thing. So we're really taking all the people out of performance and really starting to gradually move them to performance recomp. And that really is the better scenario. And like I said, once we get people's calories up to a certain point, because Rose, you know, Rose has pretty decent calories right now. You know, I know she's hit a few goals recently. Um, I'd really like to see Rose in performance recomp and really push that top end and then look oh, yeah. at a fat loss cycle, right? Mm-hmm. So that that's how it would work. Okay. Amber, that's my second question. Let's see if we went through this. When or how do you decide when to move through the different goals? I just moved into performance from fat loss at the end of June. Still have some fat loss to do. I have my summer off from school year, so I'm training more. At yeah. some point, I'm sure I'll move to recomp. So, so you know dealing that with, we are going to move her. Yeah, we will be moving you to recomp. You right. are working on fat loss. See, that's the funny thing about this, right? Is everyone goes, uh, you know, right. I, am I working on on um, on fat loss when I'm in recomp? Absolutely. Like the whole idea right. of body re- recomposition is that you're um, gaining muscle, right? right? Most people who want recomp try to do it at too low of a calorie point. And so as long as your weight's stable and your weight is going down, so that's probably a great way to start this discussion, right? So fat loss, your goal is set two pounds lower, right? And you go, well, you know, how do you determine when I should move to recon? It's basically about two weeks. And so if for two weeks you're stalled, we're going to move you to recon because there's really no point... Right. You know, now what I do once I move you to recomp is I typically reset you in that instance and bring the calories a lot lower, you know, so then we're, you know, and then put a good buffer in so your weight is gradually moving down. So the best way to describe it is fat loss, your weight is moving down two pounds at a time, and then, you know, in recomp, you're, you're, it's more of a top-down approach. Right, so your 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 weight is set higher, and then we're taking off goal weight at that point, roughly about 0.3 each time. And so, you know, is the goal of recomp weight loss? You'll see people, you know, especially our you know our um, our athletes with a little bit more fat to use. I mean, they blow through recomp, you know, oh, yeah. um, and they you know they end up like crushing things and we might move them a little bit faster down. Um, but in general, um, if, if, if we have someone, let's say it's a 275 pound male and you know, he's five eleven, and he kind of hits that top end, you know, I'm going to reset him more often 
then I would move him into like just a strict fat loss phase. Okay. You ready for the next one? Yeah. Does insulin resistance really make a difference in your plan or is it something you just work through? So insulin resistance is one of these things that's like a boogeyman that a lot of people use to sell you shitty systems, right? So mm-hmm. everyone paleo talks about insulin resistance, everyone PCOS, because you won't buy their book unless they say, right. I have talks about it. Yeah. I have the answer to insulin resistance. The simple fact is, is unless you're a diabetic, your insulin resistance is a degree. So when we talk about degrees of insulin resistance, one of the things that we've got to talk about is what causes more insulin resistance and what causes less insulin resistance. And less carbohydrates will often cause more insulin resistance, right? Now, there's a lot of people in the PCOS community that will talk about carb tolerance. And I would say that that is a little overdone because we have PCOS folks that right. you know have more than 300 grams of carbohydrates on a daily basis. They're seeing good right. progress, things of this nature. But they all you know, want to cuddle up to simplistic answers. And what we do, whether we're looking at recomp or whether we're looking at fat loss, we're going to find your sweet spot related to insulin resistance, right? Right. And the way that we do it is by using insulin. You know, and using insulin actually helps you because you become less insulin resistant as your body starts to figure out how to use it. Now, you know, um, you'll have to show me the person that is, you know, completely insulin resistant and can't process it at all. Obviously, type type one diabetics, but even even type one diabetics can deal with insulin and can deal with a lot of their issues related to it. It's, it's very much aided by act, activity level, right? And so I can't say that we have a ton of, of type one diabetics. You know, I just don't think that they're just naturally attracted to, you know, um, our message that carbs aren't evil. But that is, that's the way that we deal with insulin resistance. And we have a ton of PCOS people that are having great success. You know, I mean, look, at the end of the day, everyone's answer out there for insulin resistance is you eating less carbs and you eating less calories. Yet everyone's still insulin resistant. And it's very clear. The science literature talks about fat metabolism being a big issue related that's why type 2 diabetics tend to struggle with insulin resistance is because one they're either using too much insulin or too too little and so their body isn't you know and 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 that's what we that's what we're ultimately trying to help you guys do right is manage these things right so if someone is starting Nathan's asking uh someone's just starting should they start in fat loss or performance recomp more so if the person has fat to lose. Uh, probably fat loss. Yeah. Like, why not ride that wave? Um, right. And, you know, but I'll give you a great example. This is a great example for that question. So somebody's come in and they've lost 150 pounds, you know, right. and they're like, but I still got 50 more pounds to lose, you know, <laughs> and so they, they pick fat loss. And, you know, they've been eating 800 calories and we're, you know, able to get them, you know, moving along, but they're really struggling with their goals. Like they never really get past the baseline plan. You know, those people need to go to recomp, you know, because they have a metabolism problem at that point. They've compromised their metabolism so much that ultimately they need to recover. And at the end of the day, that recovery looks a lot different for a lot of people. There's a lot of folks that were 400 pounds that are now, you know, 220 pounds. And frankly, they're a lot better human being at 220 pounds than they were at 400 pounds. But, you know, is the answer for those people shredded, like Amber said? Probably not. But but having a much better understanding of food and how to use it you know, while staying active 
I think is good. This is why I think abs are a distraction, you know? Yeah. Um, I, you know, and I posted the picture of me at the, the tough mutter, which I was, you know, 180, 185 pounds. And that's roughly what I look like now. And, you know, at that time I thought myself, well, I was recently 165. So that was playing, you know, a, a, you know, a trick on my head a little bit, but now I'm much more comfortable in that place you also have a lot more muscle, so that that helps. Um, but I think too often our goals acutely dictate the process, and we just—that's what our coaching does. Is we do not right. let your wants, you know, right. supersede your needs. So we will determine if you stall at the baseline plan. Baseline plan is low calorie. It's so funny. I mean. We get all these new people coming in and they're like, oh my God, this is so much food. It's like, this is the food that a 13-year-old girl is supposed to eat yeah. or a 13-year-old boy is supposed to eat. This is not yeah. in a fully formed adult human being, right? <laughs> the problem is, is that, that everybody's coming with this diet bullshit in their head and you know, once we get a hold of you and show you what eating normal feels like, what sleeping normal feels like, then all of a sudden all that stuff changes. And then you realize that, okay, you know, there are some, some degrees of, you know, the progress that I wanted. The problem that most people have related to dieting is their timeline, right? Right. You know, I want to lose by this or I want to lose by that. How's that working for you? Right. Because I know for me, it didn't work out real well. I got stuck, ended up more obese than I was. And the only thing that ever really worked for me was just, you know, eating an adequate amount of food and working to be a better human being. You know, I do think that, you know, there was a large part of my story where I overworked myself, you know. Right. And, you know, there was a lot of things that happened. Um, that were probably, you know, I, it certainly wouldn't be what I would recommend today, you know, um, and maybe I would have gotten there faster or maybe I would have been more comfortable with who I was, you know, um, I certainly would have, I, I know that I blew, blew through a ton of muscle early on, you know, that I would right. love to have back now. All right. All right. So uh, my aunt Teresa is, yeah, I love that she's in here now, um, doing to perform, yelling at me, Sarah, a night out with food. Absolutely, Aunt Teresa, it's a night out with food when I do that super duper day. I am a wine drinker, so we can talk about alcohol real quick. Um, I like craft beers, I like fun cocktails, but I pre-log that stuff. So if I know I'm having a glass of wine that night, that goes in first because I know that's going to be 25 of my carbs and 11 grams of fat. That has brought my drinking wine down, if it makes you feel better, Aunt Teresa, knowing that it's eating away at my food macros, there's less wine happening. Yeah, and then, I mean, that's one of the things that helps just being conscious of anything. Yes, yeah. Know. And then Jake is asking sodium bombs. That's a great topic. Sodium bombs are like the most misunderstood thing related to all of this. You know, first of all, sodium in the small intestine allows for better absorption of carbohydrates. So then you go, well, okay, but wouldn't that mean that I'm going to have more water in my muscles and my weight's going to be up? Yes, that's exactly what it means. And so there's a lot of you guys that are avoiding sodium and always trying the scale to be down. But, you know, when you look at creatine, creatine's a salt. I think I'm right on that. Um, we could ask Brad, but it, 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 creatine's a salt. And it, it, what it does is it allows for better absorption into your muscles. And um, that is what sodium does in general. And so when you look at the days where you have a bunch of barbecue in Austin, Texas, and then you start, you know, PRing a bunch of lifts, you're like, wait a second, my muscles want to be hydrated and they do cooler shit. And oh, by the way, yeah. I end up using more bodily fat, you know, because my exercises are more efficient. So, 
Use the sodium bombs. I mean, if you want to drink a bunch of water to flush it out, that's awesome too. But what I think is ultimately better is just viewing it as an opportunity to lift heavier, you know, do cool stuff, exercising. Okay. And uh, we talked about this. So can you explain the difference in goals, performance versus fat loss versus recomp? Um, if you stick to your plan consistently, will you see fat loss if your activity level is poor due to an injury? Um, status post herniated disc. How important is activity versus nutrition? Brand new to the program as of Monday. Welcome, Rian. Was that one question? Yeah. Okay, so if you stick to plan consistency, will you see fat loss if your activity level is poor due to an injury? No, you won't. Um, look, here's the deal. You're not in fat loss mode nonstop, okay? You have a herniated disc. The whole idea is to heal that herniated disc. So then you go, well, shouldn't I be eating less? Depends. If you don't want to recover from that herniated disc, then go right. ahead and eat less, right? I mean, exactly. your body is trying to heal itself. One of the things that it needs to heal itself is fuel, you know? So your metabolism will actually speed up as your body tries to heal itself. So if you want to get in the way and, you know, eat less in that process, that doesn't mean that you're going to be like super recomp person, right? Where you're, you know, eating 500 grams of carbohydrates or anything like that, but you definitely don't want to be low. And oh, by the way, you will, you will put on fat if you undereat. And I can show you this over and over again. All the people that end up, you know, under eating during an injury, they atrophy, oh, yeah. they atrophy in the process. And that's the yeah. biggest way to lose muscle. Did you yeah. really lose muscle? I don't know about that. I, I think, you know, one of the biggest mistakes that people make, you know, I had somebody recently body fat test and they were, um, they, uh, you know, didn't exercise for a week and like, you don't want a body fat test, not exercising, right? Part of right. what exercise does is it takes the nutrients that you're eating on a daily basis and shuttles it into the right place. Otherwise it sits outside of the cell and might show up as fat on a body fat test. Right. You know, body fat tests. I mean, we're proponents of body fat tests, but I gotta be honest with you. I haven't I... done it in a while. It's a distraction. Yeah. It just takes yeah. me away from, I have a piece in my brain related to the things that I do and how that I do them, right? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, when you have an injury, your goal with an injury is not to be focused on fat loss, right? right. We can help yeah. you with the gaining weight, right? We're not going to make you gain weight in that process, but the best thing you can do is be on performance recomp. Make sure that you're getting an adequate amount of food so that your body heals. Don't go step crazy, right? Don't go 25,000 steps because I can't. That's a little bit of the problem that you guys have. You're putting the result ahead of the focus of being a better human being. And ultimately, right. you're never getting to the better human being part and sustainable result part, right? You're putting all the, the, the emphasis too early on. And at the end of the day, building muscles tough, you know, right. um, and, and you're going to be running through cycles where you're, you're sort of doing both. Um, and we'll, you know, guide you through that process a little bit. Billy Joe is, um, just noting, I can't run and have abs. That's, that's really not what Paul was saying. So, well, it depends, right? Like for right. instance, if, um, if you want abs, abs are muscles, right? So mm -hmm. are you doing a dedicated ab program, right? Mm -hmm. So let's say that you're running 30,000 um, steps a day. I mean, it's going to be hard, that's for sure. But you're right. definitely going to be needing enough food. The, uh, you know, ultimately, you know, running and overrunning will be catabolic. If you look at most marathoners, marathoners, they're, they're slider of build, but they don't look like CrossFitters, right? Because right. their their activity is mostly catabolic. So that's what my point being is that if you're running, 
Um, especially if you're under eating, you're definitely not going to have abs under eating. Um, right. But it sort of depends on what you view as abs, you know? Right. Are you viewing abs as like a muscular ab look or are you just looking at like kind of skinny, you know? Because right. there's a lot of runners that are like 24% body fat or even like 18%, but they their muscles are sort of um, not as hydrated as I would right. suggest, you know? Um, but if you're doing dedicated ab work and you're a runner, that gives you a much better better chance. But any muscle... If you're not using it in a resistance way, you're potentially going to be, um, you know, tearing down that muscle more than building it up. That's just the that's just the way your body works. All right. Are we supposed to weigh every day? Yes. I would say yes, especially early on, because you know what we're trying to do is sort of get a feel for how your body's responding to the plan, right? Right. So, you know, I mean, think about why you don't want to weigh every day. You don't want to weigh every single day because you don't want the scale to be up. So if you knew that the scale being up actually allowed for down, and oh, by the way, that's the way this is programmed, right? The way that each form is programmed, the rhythm is set up for your weight to go up occasionally. So it ends up trending down. Now, there's instances where we don't necessarily want it to trend down, but most of you are set for your weight to be trending down over time, whether you're in recomp or whether you're in fat loss, right? Right. Um, just so you guys know, I think that, you know, when it's all said and done with the change that we're making to performance recomp, I think the numbers are going to look roughly like this. 10 to 20% of people are going to be in fat loss and, you know, anywhere from 80 to 90% are going to be in recomp. Because that's the way your body actually wants to be. Your body doesn't want to be dieting all the time. A lot of folks focus on the wrong thing too often. Um, okay. So curious about Julie's asking, curious about the beginning of Eat to Perform and the details on how everything got started since it's so different from what we usually hear about on nutrition. Well, it started because um, I struggled with dieting. You know, um, and in my dieting process, I ended up um, starting off at about 185 and, and tried to go to 175. But every time I dieted, I'd get down to 175 and then I would go to 190 and rinse and repeat that couple cycles and uh, ended up at 250. And so in that process, you know, I was eating not very much. And I was, you know, my, my friends often talk about the fact that I have a fitness, you know, like so much fitness, um, as, <laughs> as a theme, um, because I was very a braggart about how little I was active, you know? Yeah. Um, now I did things like, you know, I played in a flag football league and, and softball, but I didn't view those things as active and I did not have regular activity in my life at all. Right. Um, right. and, and whenever someone, it's always funny to me because people think that when their weight goes up two to three pounds or three to five pounds as a, as a male, that they're getting fat. First of all, I worked really hard at getting fat, <laughs> right? Like, like it took like 15 to 20 years, you know, because I would, I would go through these dieting cycles and then I would go through the binge cycle. And dieting cycle, binge cycle. And yeah, this isn't like Anita talks about this as being one of her favorite things, like topics. Yeah, because the dieting set up the obesity. If I was actually, yeah. I mean, if I was actually just really focused on 185 and then just being active, I would have been able to right. gradually put on more muscle. And ironically, you know, I'm at like 180 now, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and so you know, ultimately I landed kind of where I was, but I have, you know, 30, 35 pounds more muscle than I have. Right. You have Brad Pitt muscle now. Right. That's well, so, so Sarah's teasing me because <laughs> my, um, because I, I will often say that, um, you know, while I might not be 
you know, a 10 out of 10, like I would say, I mean, Brad Pitt's probably what, like a 12 out of 10, right? Like, he's, <laughs> yeah, you know. 14 out of 10. But when you judge where I was to where I yes. am now, you know, absolutely. I, I'm, I'm, uh, uh, I'm not making fun of you. You're totally abbed up and ripped. According to my I mean, wife, I'm not abbed up and ripped. That, you're, you're being, you're, you're pretty ripped. I mean, I'm, I'm muscular 50 year old man. That's, yes. That is okay. True. So, Nicole, what is the thought process when somebody begins slowly gaining with the first baseline numbers? Um, it's sort like of request review. <laughs> yeah, it's request to review. I mean, you know, uh, I guess the first question is, are you green? Right. right? Because what yeah. we what what we see in the scenario that you're talking about is a lot of those people are orange, you know, right. and they're, they're, they're actually doing like a really shitty version of their own plan, right? right? Where they were eating 800 to a thousand calories. They start adding in calories, but they're, they're still kind of freaked out. So they're just dipping their toe in the water. And so what's happening is once again, so let's say that you came in on Monday. And your super day was Saturday. Today's your low day. So this would be the only day where your weight would actually go down. You won't see the result of this day till tomorrow morning. So you don't really know what eat before. So if you're freaking out about your weight going up today, guess what? That was the goal. The goal of today yeah. for was for your weight to go up, and then now you know well not you know up to today. Now we then use that you know water work activity. You know, see the problem is is that you guys have been led to believe you have a calorie problem, and you don't. You have you know you have somewhat of a calorie problem, but the bigger issue is is that most of you guys don't sleep, most of you guys don't work out you know, efficiently, right? So there's a lot of you guys that are working out, but you're, you're just not effective. I mean, you know, I was work. we were working out in Austin, Texas. And, um, I mean, I have to say I, I was the one lifting the heaviest, right? Right. That didn't happen overnight. You know, I don't know. I don't know. Gilly kind of had you. Well, with squatting, with squatting, yeah. she definitely had me, but but I had her on deadlift, you know. All right. But you know, the problem that most people they they put their wants before their needs, so they never yeah. get to the point where they're actually really good at exercise. And so, if you're not really good at exercise, then what are we really doing? You know, if you're ultimately trying to build muscle, it's very difficult to do that. You know, doing using two pound weights and running all the time, right? So you have to have right. a good mix of all the things. And oh, by the way, I've run the last two days in a row, right? I've run five miles the last two days in a row. So anybody thinking oh, that wait. I'm not a runner or I'm anti-runner, that's a you thing. That is not a me thing because <laughs> I run, you know. But like the question was asked, am I under eating while I'm running? No, I'm not. So, um, hold on, that was a good but one. The, oh, but the, the, here, hold on. But the answer to the question is, if you're all green, then request a review. But it probably does mean that um, you you might be moved to recon. And that might be a better strategy for you. Because if you're gaining weight, you know, at the baseline, which is really super low... Um, almost always though, you know, I honestly, I I just got to tell you, it is almost always the people not doing the plan that gain weight in that scenario. Mm -hmm. Do you guys realize that since Monday we've taken on about a thousand people and of those thousand people, more than half of them have already hit a goal. They've already, they've already hit a goal, you know? So if you're not hitting a goal, you got to ask yourself. Am I doing the plan or am I still going, oh, and I can't figure out how to do my fitness pal and I can't do all that other stuff. You know, a lot of people walk into these scenarios and they got their failure scenario wrapped up in the backpack, man, ready to pull it out at any time they want. So that's something to think about. 
All right. Um, when we get moved from fat loss to performance recomp, are we expected to do more activity? No. Um, changing your level of activity, I think, is probably um, something that you can look at. You can look at more volume cycles, more strength cycles, and things like that. But at the end of the day, a big piece of fat loss is holding on to the muscle that you have or potentially building more muscle. You do that by lifting heavier stuff more times, you know? So if you're changing your level of activity, it probably wouldn't be the way that you think. And in terms of metabolic rate, the basis for metabolic rate has a lot to do with how your muscles use calories. So um, will you naturally be more active? Yes. You know, will you feel a little bit more of one of the greatest things about recomp? And I think anybody in recomp will admit this is that if you let's say that you're in fat loss and your calories are relatively low, right? You might count on calories doing the work that day, right? You don't feel 100%, you know, whatever. If you're a recomp, one, you're going to feel 100% a lot more because you're eating an adequate amount of food for what you do. You're sleeping a lot better and stuff like that. But let's say you didn't work out and it's 5 o'clock and you know that the gym only has one more session at 6 o'clock. You're probably going, you know. <laughs> and, and the reason you're going is because you know that you're supposed to be turning those raw materials into muscle and you don't do that sitting on your ass. Right. And the problem, and once again, that goes back to, I'm not talking about you guys. I'm talking about me. When I relied on calories too much, I did not have the energy to work out near as much as I do now. Right. And I would, I, you know, chronically struggle with sleep, chronically right. struggle with thin hair chronically struggle with brittle nails and things of this nature and all the signs that we all see oftentimes we ignore and so that that's one of the big pluses okay can you talk about body fat set points is there a limit to how low a woman can get is it possible that it's not possible for some women to lose fat in their stomach and get below 25 percent yes Yes, that is 100% possible um, because if you are well endowed, you know, um, and, right. and oh. your grandma was a triple D and your mama yeah. was a triple D, you're probably going to be stuck at a right about 25% and that's okay. You know, I think yeah. that there's a lot of hippie gals. There's a lot of, uh, of, of gals with um, bigger chests, you know, that are not just, or just aren't meant to be 16% body fat. Right. You know, that's just the way right. that is. Now, I have to say, listening to it, that could also become an excuse, right? It could right. It become an excuse for not doing the work because I can think of three or four CrossFit Games athletes right off the top of my head, you know, I don't know if you guys see any pictures of Brooke Wells, but she got a lot of hips, you know, she weighs, yeah. and she weighs about 160 pounds, but she's also got abs, you know? So I think at the end of the day, it always comes down to how much work are you doing? And you also need to be realistic. You know I mean? Like for myself, you know, I mean, we're in the startup phase of eat to perform, right? I mean, since the app came out, you know, I mean, we've basically doubled twice, right? right? That means that I'm working a lot more than working out now, right? And so I have to be realistic about that. You know, I'm also a little bit older, you know, so I need to be realistic that, you know, being 22 years old and just like crushing triples all day, you know, that's just not, that's just not what I do, you know? Right. And uh, you got to ask yourself, what do you want, right? What do, what do you want? And is it consistent with what you need? You know, right. um, but, but I would not use body fat percentage. 
I can actually make an argument that there's probably 25% and we might run into problems because my phone is dying. I have the charger on, mm -hmm. but even with the okay. charger on, um, sometimes we have like three questions. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. But, but, but yeah. I'm going to end on that one. The, the, but at 25%, you might still be able to get ab definition by doing a little bit more consistent ab work by doing a right. little bit more exercising. I will say, you know, for people that, you know, I see a lot of people exercising against type, right? And so if you're 25%, you have a big chest and you have a lot of hips, you might be working against your body type if your main goal is running, right? Right. Those types of folks would benefit a lot more from a little bit more resistance training and a little bit less running. Okay. Um, new to the program on Wednesday, how much water do you recommend we drink on a daily basis? I've been drinking about a gallon or more since January. I think you're fine. Uh, I don't, I'm not a big water guy. Most other programs right. that recommend water, they're, they're telling it to you because they're not giving you any food. And so they want you right. to not be hungry all the time. So not, but, but your body is not absorbing that water in a lot of cases, um, right. which is why most of those people are going to the bathroom nonstop, you know, right. um, it's really more for hunger. Now, are there instances where you should be a little bit more? Yeah. But if you're already drinking a gallon of water, yeah. you know, you that's, you, that's not a problem. How long can we stay on performance recomp? What cycle is recommended afterwards? Uh, you can stay uh, in performance recomp for the rest of your life, and there is no recommendation after you could literally live in performance recomp for the rest of your life. Now, does that mean that I will never adjust your macros a little bit lower? No. I mean, I'm going <laughs> to, you know, because obviously the goal isn't to have you eat 10,000 calories and just be 300 pounds, right? We're going to gu still guide you, and I think a lot of people actually prefer it. I know I did. You know, when, when I brought my calories down, it was like, phew, that was a lot of work eating like that every single day. So there's, there's probably a lot of people, but yes, you can stay in recomp, um, and you know, we'll just still guide you through that process. But you know, I think what's going to end up happening for a lot of folks in that scenario is they're just going to hit their goals slower. But when I look right. at, when I look at the priority, this is the priority I tell our staff, our goal as a staff, as we're doing reviews for you guys, the number one thing that we have in mind for you guys is for you hitting your goals. That keeps you oh. on task. That keeps you on task and it keeps you engaged. Yeah. Um, for workouts, is walking okay? Should I try to add in more? Yes. But is walking a good um, start? Sure. You know, I, mm -hmm. I think that uh, there's a lot of people that become paralyzed and go, oh, man, I see all these people and they're squatting and they're deadlifting and right. all this other type of stuff. And that's just not me. You know, um, truthfully, if I had started, I would have probably started walking a little bit more than doing what I did. I don't know. There were some advantages. I mean, actually, the machine that I used was kind of a, a version of a stair stepper and elliptical. And I wish I had that in my basement. Like I, mm -hmm. I, I still love that machine as because it was a low impact cardio machine. You know, when I talk about running and why running tear down the muscle is because it is a high impact cardio machine. Right. Right. So that's why it, you know, will tear down muscle. But right. walking tears down muscle too, you know. Right. Um, but walking, walking is a good start, but some other things that you can start to add right off the bat would be body weight squats, you know, trying mm -hmm. to work those into the mix and really casually start pushing yourself to be more of a human being. Mm -hmm. That scale doesn't matter. I have a withing scale. I think it does matter. I love it. You know, um, I ignore the body fat test. You know, well, I mean, I don't ignore it. I mean, it tells it to me every single morning, but frankly, I care less. It doesn't do a good job of that. Because it's not accurate. I think that's important for people. It's not to accurate. Know. You know, but in terms of weight, you know, it seems fairly right. accurate. It's got a great app. 
right? I'm not looking at it as the magical fat loss solution, right? Right. Um, what is, and this is our last question, so what we've got here, what is an acceptable step count and how does that influence goals? For example, on days I lift, I really have to make a significant effort to get 8K. It's even harder to get 10K. Sometimes life doesn't allow for even 8K on lifting days. We don't want you doing 3 and 4K. This is a little bit, okay, so I, you know, I'm not going to really talk about it. I was going to try and talk about it, but this went long. But I have a whoop, okay? And what a whoop does is measures your recovery. And um, it does not have steps at all, okay? When we started steps, there was a lot of people doing 4,000 steps, including Sarah and I, right? We just weren't yeah. conscious of steps. So we were just hoping to get people to eight to 10,000 steps. Now all of a sudden yeah. people are like, steps are the magic fat loss thing you know it's like no 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 no. like we we you know steps can work against you you know if you're constantly right. at a high step count it can sometimes work against you you know but but if you're getting to six to eight thousand i mean are you going to be green no are you reaching your goals right sarah and i aren't going to if you're reaching your goals and you're hitting six to eight thousand steps we're not going to chastise you in that. Yeah, no, you're, you're good. You're, you're fine. Good. <laughs> you know, but, you know, if you're not conscious, I mean, I will say um, I have noticed for myself that I haven't been walking near as much, partly because I knew that the new Pokemon event was coming. Um, and I just have, I've been working, a, you know, working on work a little bit, you know, um, doing some lifting this week has been just awful. There's just all kind of craziness going on in my life. And sometimes that just happens. And the goal when those things are happening is just to stay even. That's what a lot of people, you know, just don't right. dig, a, dig a big hole for yourself. Right. Um, so we did have one last question that came in from yeah. Laura. Right. Noob this week, coming from a higher fat, lower carb base. Um, looks like I'm on the baseline plan, stomach growling and hungry on my low day. Should I request a review to make sure my workout level is considered in my plan or just try the plan for a couple of weeks and see how it goes? We don't really need your workout um, to be part of your plan. It just naturally happens the way that we have goals set, right? That's the that's really the right. magic of Eat to Perform when you look at it, right. whether it's Recomp or whether it's um, whether it's uh, um, fat loss, we're naturally going right. to find your your right spot. If right. you're hungry, that probably means that you're you're losing weight. If you're coming from a lower carb um, plan um, or way yeah. of eating, then what's going to end up happening is is you're naturally just going to move through things a little bit. Um, the reason why you're hungry is that's your metabolism working, okay? One of the reasons why a lot of high-fat diets um, recommend high-fat is because you're comfortable, okay? What Laura is saying is, I'm uncomfortable. That's right, because you're using fat as fuel. See, what they're talking about is that you get fat adapted by using fat. Um, I would argue that that's actually not true your body becomes more accustomed to using fat as fuel, um, but doesn't necessarily release fat as fuel, right? Because your body can store fat as fat without the presence of carbohydrates, contrary to virtually everything that's, you know, goes out in the low carb community, right? So when, you know, you're eating fat and you're on a high fat, low carb diet, you feel really comfortable just adding in fats whenever you're hungry, right? But it gets you nowhere, right? And you end up being comfortable, right? So there is an element of uncomfortable, which is why we suggest that you have fat loss phases and recomp phases. So, right. you know, what you're going to find, you know, I mean, I'm looking at, you know, I can see her little snippet and she's, you know. I see the runner, she, yeah. She's a runner, you know. Yeah. What I think you're going to find is you've been under eating for a really long time. And, you know, we're going to be able to help you kind of get to that point. But if if you're constantly hungry, starting to get uncomfortable, we're probably going to recommend recomp for you um, and then attack 
you know, the fat loss. Mm-hmm. There's probably a lot of people, honestly, um, like I said, I mean, we've had more than half of the people have already hit a goal, you know? Right. So a lot of those folks are really responding to the plan well. Um, but then, you know, there'll be, you know, kind of this other group of people that might benefit from actually moving to recomp and then hitting the fat loss after. And so, you know, the system's all set up for that to happen organically. So no need to worry about that. All right, guys. Um, I was hoping to talk a little bit about the whoop. Maybe I'll make, um, a video, but, uh, we still got, you know, I think we had something like a thousand reviews today. So we, we got to get back, uh, working on those. So I appreciate everybody being here and, uh, we'll talk to you guys later. Bye now. Bye guys. Have a great weekend.